Alright, one, two, three, four, five. And we are back with the TMCJ podcast. We are in episode 12 now. And uh, big announcements today. Yeah. We have... Uh, we just, Pregnant. No, sorry, God. Which one of us? Well, are you... Uh, you know what, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> I am feeling a bit fat. No, um, what I was, <laughs> we, we, first topic today, we have actually, uh, expanded where the podcast is now available, um, previously we were just uploading this to YouTube, uh, but now it is available, as of today, it's available on rss.com, Spotify, uh, iTunes, Amazon, and presumably at some point it'll be available on Google, I know I did the registration for it. It just, I, I haven't seen it show up yet, so. Yeah, I'm leaving that technical shizzle whizzle to you. <laughs> yeah, gave myself a crash course in it last, uh, what, what night was that? It was Thursday. Probably. But, either way. Most of the prep that I do for these sessions is, like, the day after set. So, it's normally Sunday or Monday, because I'm hyped from, <laughs> hyped is the wrong word. Uh, oh, yeah. I like recording these sessions, and then immediately after the sessions, I'm like, oh, I want to look up stuff, and so I do, and then by the time it comes around to Saturday again, I've forgotten most of it. <laughs> you're all like, you've got the spirit of the podcast, you're inspired. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they've, they're available now, um, as of today, I haven't actually looked to see if anyone's listened or followed them yet, um, but... They exist. You can now listen in audio format. And in fact, this podcast, what I am saying right now, well, actually, it'll be the second one that goes up. Um, so I, I uploaded our entire backlog minus the test cases um, because those didn't... I, I wanted to start with the full ones. But, but that, that also means the podcast starts at episode four, which is going to be uh, maybe confusing to some people. Um, but they'll uh, just have to find us on YouTube. Ethos. Mm. Oh, and after that long rant I had about how shit Twitter is last week, or was it last week or the week, <laughs> the week before last, uh, we now, I, I, it seemed like we were we had to. I made a Twitter account for the podcast. Yeah. Honestly, some of the rubbish that's on Twitter, um, it's it's quite amusing to me. I went on there for the first time yesterday in like... I don't know, several years, and I don't know if I can really talk about the, the kind of thing that was hashtagged. Um, oh. <laughs> but yeah, it, there's some really weird stuff being hashtagged, and I don't understand Twitter users. Uh, yeah. The hashtag, uh, how, how can you say that in a more um, tame way? Hashtag uh, a British slang word for people engaging in adult activities in the great outdoors. Exactly. Normally in cars, and that was hashtagged as things happening in the UK right now. Uh, <laughs> slightly awkward, you know. Uh, and the other one was oh, there was something else really. Mm. Oh yeah, no, some yeah horrible thing that happened in France the other day. Um, oh yeah, yeah, that's up. Which was badly named, I think. Considering how much, how many supposed snowflakes are on Twitter, that was incredibly insensitive to I don't know to hashtag it that. Yeah, I mean it's what the person did, so I suppose they can't really change that fact. But they could, you know, make it a little bit less memeish. 
I think, but happens. that's that's the way. I mean, that's that's how communication seems to be now. It's uh, yeah, you know, like it. Things barely exist for ten minutes before they get turned into a meme. Coronavirus yeah. got turned into a meme within weeks. Don't get. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I think it's there is such thing as too soon, and yeah, I I personally agree. Um, like I I think it's important to make jokes of the bad things that happened. Like make yeah. jokes about the Nazis. Sure, that's fine. They were a terrible thing, and we, it's a sign that we're moving on at this late stage. That we can make fun of them. Yeah, yeah. But back in, if you said that back in the day, I think that would be incredibly insensitive, and I think it kind of is now well, for I... what they said. I don't know, in the US we had a comic book where Captain America punched Hitler in the face. Hmm. That's not a joke, though. That's just... <laughs> that's not making... Uh, I wouldn't say making light on the subject. Um, no, it was, you know, it's a metaphor. <laughs> it's, it's mocking them, so I suppose that was okay at the time. Anyway, if the Twitter article... If the hashtag was something that was mocking what happened in France, hmm. then that's fine, but it's just repeating what the guy said. That's repeating his message. Yeah. Um, like, I don't think they would have started writing out Hitler's speeches in comics back in those days in America. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, not doing, like, parodies of them or something like that. Um, yeah. I, I, I agree. I, I mean, I don't think... I personally don't think people should be stopped from doing that, but it's it, uh, it shows poor decorum. No, no, you shouldn't stop people from doing it at all. But... but. God, they need to learn when it is and isn't appropriate. And I don't think Twitter is very good at deciding whether people... Put, well, I don't know. God, to our... be fair, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, all of these things at the moment have been deciding where their line is on what is and isn't allowed, and I think a lot of them are doing it quite badly. Yeah, and it's starting to... It's because they're not... That that's not their intended purpose. It, they've started to arbitrate like what can and can't be said, what kind of conversations can and can't be had, and yeah. it's not their place to do. They're mm. you know companies that are maybe a few thousand people. They're mostly based in one tiny region of the U.S. Like, they, who are they to dictate what the rest of the world can do and say? Um, yeah, I, I think, and they yeah. definitely have to. Like, when you get some of the uh, some absolutely terrible things going up on YouTube then yes they absolutely well, yeah, have to be yeah. taken down YouTube's got to uh, yeah if they can, they can, there's certain things that definitely you know in video format they have to be arbitrated I'm more talking yeah. about things like um Dr. Disrespect yo yeah that's that actually that's yeah that's a Twitch thing um yeah that's that's another one no one still really knows why that guy got banned no um, one knows and uh, also the latest thing on that, which I heard about yesterday, is that um, you know Shroud is a is a, yeah. a friend. Uh, of some some background here because we're we're pivoting very quickly here. Yeah, um, <laughs> Doctor Disrespect is a fairly uh, prominent uh, game, video game streamer. Um, previously on Twitch, he had a, some kind of a multi million dollar contract with Twitch. One day, Twitch uh, banned him. Apparently, he was not informed. He didn't know about it. Twitch to date has never said anything about it. Twitch being a major video game streaming platform. Um, I say video game streaming platform. These days it seems mostly to be IRL streamers and tits. But 
it was ostensibly a video game streaming platform. So he got banned on that. He streams on YouTube now, has a fairly large audience. Um, that's the background. Shroud also is another streamer. Go on with your story. Um, and what's more, not only is he is Dr. District banned from the platform, but people who are playing in games with Dr. Dick... Dr. Dick... So, <laughs> uh, they are also getting banned. Like, you cannot even associate with him. And so, I, yeah, oh, that's kind of sketchy. One of the uh, things that Shroud said very recently um, on one of his streams was that there is a game where... I can't remember what the name of the game is, I'm sorry. Mm. Where they have done a collab with Dr. Disrespect. Dr. Disrespect has his own entire map on that game, and... There is a playable character skin of Doctor Disrespect in the game. Shroud is suggesting that possibly you can't even equip that skin because Twitch may ban you just for wearing a skin in a game that resembles Doctor Disrespect. Um, now it's all just um, hearsay. Like this is just Shroud's opinion, but given his position in Twitch, he's a very popular streamer with a lot of know-how of the inside of the industry like that's kind of scary to think that just equipping a skin in game could potentially cut your income yeah yeah exactly these people who that that's something that i don't think there are adequate protections in place for when it comes to these social like platforms in general people who make their livings on youtube make their livings on twitch make their livings on um, you know whatever these different streaming or video mm. sharing platforms are um, having these companies being able to arbitrarily decide oh yeah you did something we aren't really a fan of uh, you're gone that there, there needs to be more adequate protections put in place uh, from a legal sense I think because um, yeah. I don't think the these platforms that wasn't what was originally happening like when YouTube came up, it was just some quirky video sharing site. When Twitch mm -hmm. started, it was just like a fun way to go like, hey, look, I'm playing a video game. You guys can watch me. Um, I don't think the, the huge monetary industries that have grown up around these things uh, have been adequately vetted. Because you're right, these companies can just arbitrarily go like, we're going to shut your lights off. Yep. It's the same sort I of things that would happen in like... Um, you know, in the Industrial Revolution with factory workers. It's like, oh, we're so sorry you lost your hand, but you're fired. Yeah. Uh, there's no there's no fallback, there's no safety net. Mm. Uh, I think with YouTube, I don't know if it's the same with Twitch, but they have strikes. Um, so three strikes and you're out, as it were. Yeah. Um, and I think I don't know if you're able to resend strikes, like if you fix a video or bring it down or such, I, I think they are permanent, my, which is a bit scary. My understanding from um, having, like, so I've had the YouTube channel for quite a while now, and I have had copyright strikes go up on my channel, um, but there's a difference. There's like a copyright claim and a copyright strike. A copyright claim is where uh, they don't want the video taken down, but they want you know to monetize the Edit video it. for them, or to oh, have it edited right, out. Yeah. You can do that too. They can either block it, or they can choose to put ads on your video. And then um, I had one that I, I disputed, and it, it got it got ruled on in my favor. 
um, there was a demo of a game I was playing, and apparently the music in one of the cutscenes was copyrighted. And I was like, it's a video right. game. I'm talking over the music. I have no idea why this got copyrighted. And it got, it got overturned. Um, I don't... Oh, crap. There's, <laughs> there's my alarm going off. We are recording this thing very <laughs> early today. Um, yep. Quite early. Yeah, even earlier. Than, last week, we started recording at 7.40. Uh, this week, we started recording at just before 6 Eastern time. Um, yeah. But, yeah. It's a, um, it's a beautiful day in England. You cannot see the sky for all the clouds. And uh... Well, I said this before we started. It's raining pretty hard here. I can hear it coming down outside my window. Mm. Um, but enough about the weather. Yeah, so copyright, I think you're right. Copyright strikes, they can be removed, but it's a much more involved and complicated process. Yeah. It, you quite often see uh, the bigger YouTubers having like these, uh, getting together with a lot of big YouTubers and a whole bunch of fans and signing petitions and things to get channels unbanned and such. Um, which yeah. I think is, it's, it's very nice to see the community working together and I think it's a very good way also for <laughs> it's going to sound mad but it's, it's, a, it's a good way for creators con content creators to kind of uh, meet each other and Networking. share an interest because they're all in the same boat yeah. um, it's the YouTuber yeah, equivalent of networking yeah <laughs> well except it's for a really it's, it's an it's unfortunate a, it's for a shit reason yeah yeah um, but no, hopefully we never get to that stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For all the people we slander on the podcast. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, at this point, this is uh, firmly within the, the hobby space. Yep. Yep, yep. Uh, all right. Well, so pivoting uh, right along, we, um, I think that we've talked about um, our little expansion and then gone off onto a whole nother social media rant. Um, I think you had something you wanted to talk about, specifically uh, RuneScape, right? Yeah? Okay, cool. We're ready for this. Okay, this <laughs> but is just not... You should give kind of a quick background on what RuneScape is, because I barely yeah. know what it is. I mean, I know it's a game, and I know people waste tons of time on it, but I have no yep. idea beyond that. <laughs> okay, so RuneScape um, is a very old game. Uh, you play it on a browser typically. Uh, it's just come out on Steam, but that's beside the point. Um, this game came out when in like 2000 or something. Maybe even before that. Um, I played it as a very young child, and I've kind of came back to it about 10 years later when I realized it had been re-released. Um, and it still has really old graphics, and a lot of the people who play it are people who played it in their childhood, and they've come back to it and they're st or they're still playing it like after all this time uh, it was very much uh, I think a competitive with World of Warcraft so basically when I was at school everyone either played RuneScape or World of Warcraft it's kind of like a PlayStation Xbox thing anyway because the game has been around for such a long time there have been people exploiting the heck out of this game um, whether through like bots or just straight up cheating. Um, <laughs> there's like crazy gambling rings in it. I'm not even kidding. People make a lot of money, real money, <laughs> off of this game. Uh, and that's kind of where this story kind of come starts with. Because it's... How can I put this? 
like I said, it's you can make real money off of this game. Not legally, like the people who Jagex who made the game do not want this happening. But you can buy in-game money uh, with real money, essentially. Yeah, uh, and likewise, you can buy armor and weapons and skills and things like that. So there's a uh, a country which uh, it's Venezuela, where at one point they were having a really bad time with their economics, right? So they were hyperinflated. I mean, they, they kind of still are. Yeah, well, I, I don't know what their current thing is. This is not a new story. I don't know when this actually happened, but I remember hearing about it at the time, but I didn't pay much attention to it. Venezuela's had a rough go of it in general. Yeah, and people were so... It was such a poor country that it costs, like, I don't know, I think someone said about 40 pounds, 80 pounds? I can't remember, something like that, to yeah. get a passport to leave the country. It's pretty ridiculous. And... Go, tell the story, and then I'll... To, to give some context, okay. um, Venezuela actually is... This is the sad part. is one of the most resource-rich countries in South America. But they have such shit government and economic policies and have had, like, a repeated... They, they had, a, a like, a brief stint of prosperity um, before their government went entirely to shit again. And... Um, yeah, it's, it's just sad, because they could be the most wealthy nation in South America, but mm. they've just handled the, like, insane abundance that their country has poorly. So yeah, they've had in crazy hyperinflation. Um, yeah. A little bit of background. Go on. So, uh, the average working wage dropped to somewhere below $5 a week at one point. Um, I think it was five dollars a week. It might have been. It might have even been crazier than that. Yeah, um, it sounds about right. And so people were actually like on mass, Venezuelan people worked out <laughs> that you could make more money playing RuneScape as a nine to five job five days a week than actually getting a proper job. <laughs> so people would yep load up RuneScape and they would find they could actually make them out doing the exact same task in RuneScape constantly for a whole working day, they can make like $5 a day. I mean, that's that's a similar story to the uh, World of Warcraft uh, gold farmers in China. Yeah, I mean, that's what this is. This is gold farming. Um, but yes, and so the number of gold farmers in the game like rocketed, obviously, because people wanted to earn a living in and Venezuela. It's honestly uh, it's it's incredibly inventive. It's resourceful. You know, good it on. Is. Uh and but you do kind of get this paradox of it is <laughs> it's I don't know, it's a double bladed sword. The people who made the game, mm. they obviously don't want people selling money because selling their in game money because the people who are buying the in game money are probably like ten year olds using their parents' credit cards. Yeah, and that's just that's morally that's wrong, but at the same time, if you ban enough of these accounts, you're every time you ban one of these accounts where it's a person who's trying to make a living off of this game, at the same time it's like, well, I, 
I don't know. It's it feels wrong. <laughs> uh, it's entirely the Venezuelan government's fault. But I don't know. I yeah. What, what's your take? I mean, personally, I I kind of gave a little bit of away a, a little bit of it away right off the bat. Like I think um, I I I have a lot of respect for the people who are doing it, like the the people who were actually yeah. doing the uh, the farming because. It is I mean, mind-numbing. <laughs> when you're when you're at like one of those like in those desperate situations, like just being that inventive and creative and hmm. finding like an alternative way to actually, in that case, quintuple their income, because they were making five dollars a week before, now they're making five dollars a day. Assume, I'm assuming they're working five days a week. They might do that all seven days. Yeah, you know, great. That that being said, on the other side, you're talking about the um, potential of it being just some kid using their parents' credit card to buy stuff. Um, part of that, yeah. like this, this is an issue that I have a kind of a complex opinion on. I personally don't have any problem with it in principle uh, if it's just any normal person like buying the the money. I think that makes perfect. I know I personally. Um, playing games like that now as an adult I'm like I I work more than 50 hours a week I I don't have time to grind like I used to in video games Um, which is why a lot of the times I don't really play MMOs or games like that because they do sink it's it's quite a bit of a time investment that being said I think some of the responsibility for those kids blowing all that money is is on the parents like you know part of it is like okay this kid probably the, the parents should have educated them better on how to deal with like money and, and finances and things like that. And part of it's on the games themselves. I, I, there's there's a lot of games where um, ostensibly they're okay for kids to play, but hmm. th- this goes back to the whole loot box controversy because they're essentially it's programming kids to want to gamble early. But this is yeah. different. Like, the whole RuneScape thing is a little bit different. Because it's not like they're gambling. It's not a game of chance. They're they're learning about an actual transaction. I pay this money, and I get this value in return. Right? Well, not always in the game, but I'll come on to that in a bit. Okay. Well, the, I, I personally don't think it's too bad of a thing. I, I think it's an overall good. It's good for the people in Venezuela who are actually able to find a better source of income. And um, I, I think despite maybe the fact that some kids, some in some instances, there was probably somebody who blew way more money than they should have. Um, mm. But overall, you know, even if it was like a kid taking their parents' credit card to do it, you know, maybe if they spent too much, they learn a life lesson. Um, and they're, maybe they learn a little bit of ac- about economics. Or maybe their uh, parent, you know, takes the credit card and puts their fist through their computer. I don't know what kind of household they're yeah. in. <laughs> uh, I mean, hopefully the parents learn a life lesson that is not to give their kids a credit card. But I actually... Uh, oh, so, um, quick uh, thing. Uh, little side notes, talking about finances when you're a kid. I actually had a credit card in middle school. Um, yeah. My And it, was, it wasn't, it was like, my own. You're not allowed to have your own when you're a kid. Because um, no, mo- they, they won't... I think you have to be... 16 or something like that in the US and then you can get one and it has to be right. through a bank or something like that 
But no, when I was um, young, like 10 or 11, um, my mother got me a credit card that was attached to her account that only had like a $500 limit, uh, which was still an enormous amount for a kid my age. Oh, so I could have yeah. easily just like blown it on a whole bunch of random shit. But mm -hmm. um, I mean, she did it as kind of a way to teach me how to deal with finances at an early age. Imagine all the Yu-Gi-Oh cards you could buy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's, I mean, I, and I did, I, I, I put that down to, like, my financial habits now, in that, like, I charge everything to a credit card, but I pay it off instantly. Um, yeah. I, I hate being in debt, or having, um, having, having like, one, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, or having, uh, I, I never spend more than I actually have, and I think that that's part of it. Um, that's why even the the whole RuneScape kids, you know, paying money out thing, and I think it it might help teach them how to deal with finances, um, mm. even if there's a few of them that go way overboard and end up fucking themselves over. Um, yeah, little little aside there. Uh, you were going. I was going to say so regarding um, people actually getting something from the uh, paying into RuneScape. There are actually, uh, there's a place called the Jewel Arena, uh, mm -hmm. and also to an extent the Wilderness, um, where players can fight each other, and if you die, you drop everything that you have on the ground, and the other person can pick it up. Oh, banditos. So there are so many, there are endless numbers of tricks and scams and things like that, and literal gambling rings. Uh, inside of the game where people say, you know, uh, if I... Uh, in fact, there's, there's, there's some Twitch streamers who the people who are watching their stream will give the person who's streaming money at a percentage, right? So the Twitch stream will literally be like, right, I want... Come on, can, can someone give me, like, 10 mil uh, and I'll give you, you know, 150% you know, back. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't understand. Like, this is people who have real gambling addictions, and yeah, apparently one Twitch streamer. He was you were watching his stream, and over the weeks, you it was really weird. Apparently, you literally saw the things in the back of his like camera disappearing. Like, at one point, it's like curtains and the TV and stuff oh and my he's just selling this stuff off to pay for in-game RuneScape stuff which he's just losing oh my god yeah I, so that's that's kind of fucked up like yeah I I personally I we've, we've talked I like um I, I take an occasional trip to the casino I haven't been to a casino actually in years but um there's there's <laughs> one since we own with me yeah, well, that's actually true. I, the last casino the I went to was probably in the UK. Yeah. Um, but it was actually in um, Bristol uh, before I yeah, yeah. visited you. Um, I went to that casino across the way. And actually, I won quite a bit of money there. Yeah, um, we all know about your luck. <laughs> well, no, but that's the thing. Like Gambling, I don't have a problem with it. I just... You, you need to go in with the right mindset. You need to... You can't chase money. You can't go in there thinking you're going to win big. You can't keep coming back to it like it's a source of income. 
Like yeah. everything you go in with, you got to expect to lose. Exactly. Like you know, if I go like there's, I, I like playing blackjack when I go to a casino. If I if I go to a casino, and say I bring like five hundred bucks, and I'm like, this is my five hundred bucks. I'm gonna gamble with this. I'm gonna expect to just lose it. I'll just mm-hmm. assume that this is a five hundred dollars. I'm gonna play with all night. If I walk away with some of that, great. If I walk away with more than that, great. If I walk away with none of that, great. I either way, I had fun playing a game all night, hanging out with people, right? Yeah. And I never go. You never go to. A, I don't understand people who go to a <clears> casino <throat> alone. Um. But anyway, point being, the gambling addiction thing that that is a real. You see this. This is why um, a lot of the people were starting to call. When I say a lot of the people, a lot of um, gaming-centric YouTubers that I, I follow were starting to call um, loot boxes and things like that. You know, casinos and gambling, um, because you see these people who play games like FIFA um, Ugh, or God. anything like that, and you can essentially roll the dice to get good characters and stuff and it's like oh it's like five dollars for a pack and you might get some good good stuff in it or you might get shit and people would drop like this was in in europe the story i was reading guy spent like something like thirty thousand euros on one game within the course of a year and that that's there there needs to be so whenever you advertise gambling in the U.S., uh, a lot of the times they'll have um, they'll always have like a gambler support hotline, like mm. um, you know problems with gambling addiction, call one eight hundred blah blah blah. Yeah, it's by law they have to. Yeah. Okay, so it's the same thing over there. Yeah. They, although I don't know, they have to include it, but they include it in the smallest goddamn text. Uh, or they make the it's it's um the the slogan is when the fun stops, stop. Right? Yeah. But the word fun is in this super jazzy, like, lights-looking oh. font. So they actually make it look like a positive thing. See, um, I, I don't... I, I don't know if maybe it's by regulation here, but anytime I see that warning, it's actually in big, prominent text. Um, and yeah. it's it's not, like, you know, made to look fancy in any way. That I don't know if that's a, a U.S. thing or just a thing in my state. But, um... I mean, that's how it should be, really. It should be yeah. front and center, you know. But what I'm leading up to here is I think we are getting to a point where games that have those types of mechanics in them... Um, I mean, the RuneScape thing, there's not really much you can do that because it's, it's almost like it's an underground gambling den in a video game. Yeah. There's not too much you can do to fix that. You can also just straight up pay the creators of the game mode to get money in game unfortunately <laughs> oh yeah well because uh, you can buy a membership and you can sell those tokens that they give you to redeem the membership for in-game currency see that that i'm not so i don't have as much of a problem with that because you're no. it's a straight up transaction you know what you're getting it's not a yep. it's not a roll of the dice Although market prices for membership does change, mm-hmm. so one day it might be more expensive than another, etc. So, and again, that's that's also just economics. Yeah, I think it's a really good like I've, the Grand Exchange, which is basically the stock market in Rune, RuneScape. Yeah, I think that's really good for teaching people how money works and how the value of things changes. 
Uh, but sorry, I kept interrupting you. No, no, no. That's uh, go. On. That's the kind of conversation this is. I mean, mm. is it, I mean, this doesn't have to be like we're just trading off having a monologue. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think that's completely. Um, so we're we're coming up on the end of segment one. So I'll just um, I, I have one final thought, and I'll I'll let you uh, kind of have the last word. Um, yeah. But I think stuff like that is very important for exactly that reason um mm. at least in the u.s financial and like uh monetary education isn't really a priority um like in schools like there's some some nicer schools will have like an optional finance class or something like that but if you learn how to deal with money um at mm. least in in my experience uh it's typically from friends or family or outside circumstances besides education yeah i can't say i've really ever been given any actual like lessons um from this kind of, about this kind of thing um but likewise with up um it also it's quite good for telling you about up something because take uh, uh wooden logs in the game for example uh there's u logs which might sell for let's say 10 pieces of gold right if you buy a u log and then you have the skill to turn it into a uh, those logs into a longbow, and then sell it on for sixteen GP uh, gold pieces. Mm -hmm. Then that shows okay, right? I invested ten. I changed it, increased the value by six, and then sold it back off again. That's upselling. I yeah. mean, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of things I think that can be learnt from. It, it's quite a good replica of how things work in real life in, in a lot of senses. Yeah, no, it, it teaches you how uh, markets and economics actually work. That's that's really cool. But I've always mm. been fascinated with that, like when video games can emulate um, just unexpected aspects of real life and real society. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that ended up actually being a really surprisingly <laughs> interesting conversation that went in ways I wasn't <laughs> expecting. Started um, Twitter and ended up with the economy. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, we're a finance podcast now. The uh, fool's go. Yes, we know everything there is to know about money. You invest in <laughs> us, okay, and we will give you more money. <laughs> Pyramid would schemes. You, would you like to play money-making game? Mm. Um, yeah. All right. So that is going to be the end of segment one. Uh, we will be back in just a few moments with uh, segment number two, uh, Media. Uh, stay tuned, and thank you for listening. And we're back with the TMCJ podcast. We are on segment two, Media. Um... We actually got a couple things to talk about on this segment this week. Because yeah. we did well, have we, movie night. We did. Uh, we've just had so much stuff happen this week. It's been great. That's going to be a jam-packed podcast. I mean, segment one already was pretty jam-packed. Um, yeah. Normally that's the easiest one to keep to time, but we uh, we went over and honestly we probably could have gone for a lot longer. Oh, yes. I mean, it was only five minutes over. That's quite impressive for us, to be honest. Only five minutes over. <laughs> oh man! Uh, yeah, where, where are we starting on the media? Uh, well, let's let's start with the movie that we we both saw. Uh, 
okay, know, cool. pretty recently. Uh, so the movie Troy. we watched, Troy, yes, the uh, 2004, I think I, I guessed it was 2004 last week, and I never actually looked it up. Um, it pretty good for 2004, I mean, the graphics were like... Oh yeah, it was a beautiful movie for the time, and mm. um, just excellent. Uh, so... I, I've seen the movie before. It was it was my pick, so I, I will give my opinion second, but I I want to hear your thoughts first because you hadn't seen it. Uh, okay, so as something that I've said previously and throughout that film, um, the uh, younger the younger prince of Troy absolutely hated him as a character. Paris is his name, by the way. Is it? Yeah, his name is Paris. What? what really? But, but, but like, hang on. So how? I don't know. I'm gonna have a question that's gonna be probably yeah. really dumb. So the, maybe I won't say two, it. But like, the two princes of Troy are Hector and Paris. The younger yeah, one Hector, is Paris. Normal name for that time, but Paris? Like, was Paris? A I thing think that's back his... in the time of Troy. Well, that may be where the name Paris comes from. I have no idea. Oh. Well, that that's not a good thing. I don't think personally. Um, yeah, I was not a fan <laughs> of his character. He single-handedly was responsible for every death that happened, and he's also like he committed to a fight and then he ran away from it. So, no respect in my book. Um, and he survived. He's like one of the very few main characters that kind of survived after the film and he like was the least deserving of it yeah is that I the is that the lesson be a pussy you'll live well yeah I guess L live live hard die young or live like a little bitch and survive <laughs> uh, that being said like the, the leader of Troy I like that old man he was cool uh, even if he was misguided by his um certain members of his congregation and yeah. yeah I was pretty sad when he died because I mean the, the whole scene where he went to the enemy and kissed the hands of the yeah. one who murdered his son Had the, oh, uh, pretty touching yeah uh, should preface this there's going to be a lot of spoilers in this but the movie's 16 years old if you haven't seen it already go out and see the fucking movie yeah um, uh and, and honestly, also, if you haven't seen the movie, you probably won't understand what we're talking about. And, so. and the other thing is, it's technically it's been spoiled for the last five thousand years. <laughs> like <laughs> the movie follows the uh, the, the Trojan War, um, yeah. the Iliad, if you don't know, um, which is an ages old story. But uh, so yeah, there will be spoilers. But the the scene Blue's talking about, um, Hector uh, duels Achilles. Uh, outside of the gates of Troy and loses and Achilles still bereaved over the death of his cousin drags Hector behind his chariot in the sand um, not giving him any proper burial rites and just is going to leave him to rot but Priam the king of Troy um, goes out sneaks out in just normal robes into Achilles's tent and does that kisses he says you know I, I've done what no uh, man on earth has endured I've kissed the hands of the man who murdered my son, um, just to you know get his son's body back, and they have this little peace moment. Yeah, and Hector is one of my favorite characters. I got to admit, mm -hmm. uh, also a big fan of Sean Bean. Uh, oh yeah, uh, he plays Odysseus. 
I really hope that they, maybe, maybe they did, maybe they didn't, that Sean Bean, you know, stars in The Odyssey. Um, that came immediately after this in history, I'm pretty sure. Yep, the so Iliad and the, the Odyssey. Back yep. after the Trojan horse that um, Odysseus and his men on their ship, the Odyssey. I think that the ship was called the Odyssey, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know if the ship was called the Odyssey. Um, it'd be kind of weird because the guy's name is Odysseus. Well, yeah, that's... Yeah, I don't know. Um amazing stories if you uh, if you want to look them up because I mean I'm sure most people have heard them like just things like the Cyclops that's where that came from yeah. uh, the the Golden Fleece um, the sirens that would bring men ashore and destroy their boats and eat them kind of thing when they all get high on a poppy field yeah <laughs> lots of uh, interesting little stories built into that character which so um, I'm I mean did did they kind of do a I don't know if they a did a sequel because it sounds like it's cheapening it but <laughs> yeah a sequel I don't think they ever did I think they just made Troy um, it'd be really cool if they they made like a follow up movie and cast him and just did that but I don't think they mm. did um we'll have to look it up after this but because I don't but yeah I know Sh there are films of the Odyssey just not with them so one of the things that um but before we get into discussion about the yeah this is this is a good part for it um you sean bean's character uh, odysseus you said you did really like him one point that i had so i saw the movie in theaters when it first came out and um but then years and years later i was like oh you know i really liked that movie and i saw it blu-ray director's cut on amazon on sale for like you know like 15 bucks or something like that i was like okay i loved this movie as a kid i'm gonna get it and uh take a look at it so i grabbed yeah. it and watched it and there's a lot of scenes in the director's cut like they they did the whole like they enhanced it and made it look prettier and stuff but um there's a lot of scenes they cut out or that are put back in, in the director's cut that they're not like just when we talked about the Blues Brothers, we talked about how a lot of the stuff they added in to the extended cut was just more crash scenes, more chase scenes. It didn't really add a lot yeah, to the story. Yeah. With this movie, it added a ton of, like, character depth and development. Like, there's a whole other scene between the King of Sparta and Hector that establishes yeah. their characters better. There's uh, more interactions was... between Hector and Paris that you know speaks to their dynamic this um, was not a short film either like even the the cut version um yeah. we split into two watching because it was just too late in the night that we couldn't yeah. finish it all in one sitting two hours and i think the cut version is a little over two and a half hours the extended cut uh, i want to say is just shy of three hours so like two hours 45 two hours 50 something like that yeah. um but one of the scenes, and this is why I bring up the director's cut, you would have loved this scene if you liked Odysseus as a character. Um, before he goes to try and recruit Achilles for the Trojan War, there's a whole scene where um, the messengers go to recruit him, Odysseus. And it's funny because like the, the two messengers go up and they find him sitting on a hill just playing with two dogs in just like a normal robe. And um, they 
they they ask him they say they're seeking Odysseus you know the king of Ithaca you know where is he or something like that and um, he's like he says something like you know oh what should I care about that swine or something like that and there's like you should have more respect for your king and he says something along the lines of it's like respect that man paws at my wife he always drinks my wine and never pays <laughs> And then the messengers just like wave him off, like, oh, fuck off. And then they start to walk away. And he just calls back and he's like, I certainly hope. Oh, what, what the hell is the guy's name? Um, the king who starts the whole war. Um, oh my god. Ag Agamemnon. Agamemnon, yeah. He's like, I, I certainly hope Agamemnon's uh, soldiers are. Or I hope Agamemnon's generals are smarter than his messengers. And they turn back and they're like, what? And then he's like, you want me to help you fight the Trojans? And he's like, and then they realize, oh shit, this is the king. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it starts off, like, it gives more character development. It builds him up as, like, this clever, like, uh, person. Like, this clever and trickster kind of uh, guy. He has, like, yeah, this... I, uh, I don't think he's particularly clever in the past that I've seen him in in the film. Um, well, if you remember the scene between him and Achilles when they first meet up, and Achilles is like, you know, play your tricks on me, but not my cousin. I, I meant Achilles does not come over as particularly Oh, smart. Achilles isn't, yeah. He's mm. he's a man of straight lines, as it were. Mm -hmm. uh, not quite Ajax, but... Um, <laughs> oh my god, Ajax. Uh, Ajax is a character I feel like we needed a little bit more of Yeah, like I said I, I knew him because of Age of Mythology And he was my favourite character in Age of Mythology I can't explain why, he just was Yeah um, Yeah, no It's uh, it's a shame that he died so fast But he did die To my favorite, other favourite character in the film So yeah, there you go. It was pretty cool. There were quite a few, and I do agree with you. Hector was also one of my favorite characters. Mm. Um, and I'm pretty sure when I saw the movie in theater, I, w I was 16 when I saw the movie in theaters. Um, so I, <laughs> oh excuse me, I nearly just uh, burped right into the microphone. Um, Lovely. <laughs> when I saw the movie, I'm pretty sure when I first saw Paris in the theaters, like. Um, I went with uh, one of my I, my friends and, and her family, and um, I remember she used to, Paris was like dreamy. He was so hot and everything like that. I was like, he's such a fucking pussy. He is hot, like the fucking uh, Pirates of the Caribbean that he plays, the role he plays. He every, every role that he's been set in, he's meant to be the the pretty boy. Boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I kind of hate him for it because <laughs> same even thing. In, in uh, Lord, he was in Lord of the Rings. He played Legolas. This is true. Okay, in Lord of the Rings as Legolas, he was fucking awesome. But <laughs> okay, I suppose that kind of breaks my rule. But well, yeah, yeah, can, yeah. I, two out of three. He in in Lord of the Rings though he was a witty character who was also he had very strong morals. He was very honorable, and you don't see that in any of his, like the parts yeah. of the Caribbean or Troy. I think you're right. It is a, it is a better but it's a better written character. Legolas was a more well-developed, well-defined character. But they're all pretty boys, yeah. They Even were Legolas. all pretty boys. Well, yeah, he played a fucking elf. <laughs> yeah. Um, a king of the elves. <laughs> 
but or prince actually yeah there's a lot of princes he does he does actually well he doesn't well parts of the caribbean he's just a, a nobody pirate who's turned blacksmith apprentice but he's also kind of a prince in that <laughs> he becomes a prince of the pirates basically yeah i mean considering elizabeth is a, a queen not a queen she's the daughter of the governor of um like a overseas british colony okay yeah. in the caribbean which but, yeah i don't know i guess the she local got more equipment. balls than him oh yeah yeah you definitely see that in the um in that series but but i i agree paris in in that i don't know if i it's been a long time since i've read the iliad because we had to read it in school the iliad and the odyssey um right. and i did enjoy them at the time but it's been years and years since i've actually read it so i don't remember if paris is portrayed as such a pussy in the actual original work or if that's yeah. just a choice they made for the the movie yeah, there were a lot of um, choices that were subtly made for the movie, I think, that, like, that were quite obvious. So at the end, how I said how... Was it really the uh, the daughter of the King of Troy that stabs Agamemnon? Right, yeah. Um, it seems a bit too... Contrived. Colourful flavour text well, for is, uh, reality. I think... Um... Hector and Paris's uh, mother actually plays a bit more of a prominent role in the original work. Uh, or maybe it I was... I didn't see her at all in the movie. Yeah, exactly. There was... Uh, it was either their mother or Briseis's mother. Um, but anyway, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. So, something I, I will say... and we're, we're ragging on Paris in the movie quite a bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I think they did a good job he had a good character arc even if he's not a very likable character because mm. he starts off as this you know wide-eyed youth who's just he's not the firstborn son so he doesn't have to worry about governing you know he basically is just he practices archery he rides around bangs a lot of women and then you know goes home and is just like the spoiled younger son yeah um but the the whole like he falls in love for real with this woman who is married to the king of Sparta, takes her home, starts a massive war between Greece and Troy, and um, you know thinks that he can duel her former husband and win out, and he has a very rude awakening when this guy like beats the ever loving shit out of him and almost kills him. And then by the end of the movie, he's sort of hardened himself a little bit. Um, but even like right where he is at the very end, he shoots Achilles, like the pussy that he is. Um, even then, he he's like he's thinking that he's hardened himself and he understands things, and you can see it in his face at the end there when Briseis and Achilles are embracing, even as Achilles is dying. It's like you can kind of see the wheels turning in his head like he still didn't understand fully yeah he, he has i don't think he gets to the point where he's a fully matured person but you can see him grow throughout the movie so some credit there he does get better <laughs> but um he yeah, i'm not sure about that I'm, I I'm, tr I'm trying really hard to give him some credit <laughs> i'm really trying <laughs> 
Um, but I don't like, like when, it. When, when it said he was going to fight the the husband, I was like, oh, brilliant! It's going to be like um, he's going to he's going to actually start doing something useful for a change, and then he fucks it up even worse. So I just lost all faith at that point. Yeah. Um, but I then, you know, oh my Achilles God. had just saved his sister from a lifetime of horrible things, and then he shoots Achilles. So yeah. even less respect. Yeah, she was going to end up being like a slave, and um, and well, yeah, to Agamemnon. Not good stuff. Yeah. Um, there there are some really good good um, moments and good one-liners in that movie. One of my favorite ones. We're talking about the duel between. Um, the king of Sparta and Paris and mm. one of my favorite lines is after he's kicked Paris's ass and Paris is like running over and hiding behind his brother's leg when he just like looks up at the wall where his uh, former wife is and just <laughs> screams is this what you left me for yeah <laughs> that, that, that line just it amuses me <laughs> like not probably not for the right reasons but because again, it, it the guy's an asshole, a boorish, boorish asshole. And one of the movie, uh, the scenes that's cut out from earlier in the movie, which establishes just how much of like a um, a prick this uh, the king of Sparta is. Mm. Um, they the, in the scene where they're having that dinner in Sparta, and it's you know they're drinking a piece and whatever. And um, Hector and Paris are there for the negotiations. Um, after Paris is kind of uh, before Paris has wandered off with the king of Sparta's wife, um, Hector and uh, him are having a little bit of a conversation, and um, the dancers that come down uh, the king of Sparta. I'm saying the king of Sparta because I can't remember the guy's fucking name. Uh, Agamemnon's brother. Yeah. Yeah, Agamemnon's brother, um, and he points he, he points out one of the dancers and he's he's like oh what do you think of these and you know whatnot and he, he's essentially offering um hector an alternative no we'll offer no offering hector like um oh like would you like to you know um have have one of these women tonight essentially yeah. and um he's like uh thank you it's very kind but my my wife waits for me in troy and um the Spartan king uh, just points to his wife who's still at the table and goes, my wife waits for me right there. <laughs> and he's like, um, he's like, don't you understand? Wives are for breeding, for, for making little princes. You know, enjoy yourself tonight. And, and then Hector just does a very, very shrewd, like, political statement there and just tips his cup up and, he's makes, and he goes like, you, you make excellent wine in Sparta. And he just takes a sip. As in, like, no, I'm happy with the drink. Like it was, mm. it it establishes right off that. Yeah, they, they do they do a pour one out for the gods, which yeah. I found quite funny. I, I really like that that old that tradition <laughs> too. I thought that was really cool. And they do it several times in the movie. Yeah. Um. But um, you know, I, I thought that that scene again. This is why I like the director's cut. Um, because they they add a lot of character building moments because that scene establishes uh, Agamemnon's brother, the king of Sparta, as again more of a boorish asshole, and why that marriage was not like why his wife wanted to run away from that marriage. 
um, and it establishes Hector as this shrewd, thoughtful person. Hmm. Um, yeah, so I could I could go on and talk about that movie quite a bit because I really do love it. <laughs> um, well, did we have any other topics for the uh, this segment? So I if we're if we're done talking about final final thoughts on Troy, and then I did have one other uh, point on media. Um, if you didn't have anything else, um, yeah, but yeah, it. final. I'll I'll give you final thought. Um, first time seeing it. Uh, I liked all the characters. I thought it looked pretty good for the time that it was made, and I liked that it's although it does deviate slightly, it was mostly historically accurate. Yeah. And I think that's that's where I'll. I'll echo that for my final thought on it. I agree. That's one of the reasons I enjoy it. I'm a big history buff, and mm. um, while it does make take some creative license with the original history, um, it it does a very good job sticking closely to historical accuracy um, and trying to stay as close to the source material as possible. Um, so yeah, great movie. Uh, so, I did have other things I've been watching this week that I thought I could uh, talk about, unless there was something really pressing for you that you wanted to get out. No, no, no. Go ahead. So, I've been watching the original Star Trek movies. Um, right. Because I realized they were on Amazon Prime for free. Um, speci- I skipped the first one. I don't even know what it is. But I wanted to watch Wrath of Khan, because I've heard that it's like the classic Star Trek movie, and it's it's really good. Um, now, full disclosure, I'm not really a Star Trek fan. Like, I've never seen the original series, and it was only, mm-hmm. like, two years ago I watched Star Trek The Next Generation for the first time. Great series. Um, but it was the second Star Trek series. Uh, that's the one with uh, Patrick Stewart playing Jean-Luc Picard. Um yeah great series but never watched the originals with kirk and spock and all them um i saw the remakes uh when they came out and i saw those years ago when they first came out yeah i saw a couple of the movies but it was kind of before my time i think i was oh yeah they were the original series was in the 70s Mm. um but these movies came out wrath of khan the first one came out in 1982 i want to say um i watched it. it was actually quite good um and then that made me watch want to watch the the one that was a follow-up to it the third movie um i like it has the cheesy some cheesy moments because it's clearly based on like kind of this uh 70s low budget sci-fi series Mm -hmm. but because it had those kind of cheesy low budget moments the writing kind of had to stand up on its own a little bit more yeah and I think they do a really good job of that, especially in the first movie, having this, um, it's less, so the Star Trek Into Darkness is the remake of Wrath of Khan, the one they did in the new series, like with all the new actors, came out in like 2012 or something like that. Gotcha. Um, and that is much more an action movie, where it's like two big powerhouse people essentially just having a giant punch up in space is is the way i could describe the the remake of it 
The original one is much more a battle of wits, uh, I found. Like, there's a mm. lot more... Like, watching through it, there was a lot more intrigue and, like, um, you know, moves and counter moves, like double agents and trying to get the upper hand on somebody using any advantage they can. It's between Khan and Kirk. An information war more than... Yeah, yeah, it's more like two... Uh, intellectual powerhouses trying to outthink each other, and there are yeah. action scenes in it, and some, but it they're they're more conservatively distributed throughout the movie. Like it isn't just one giant exploding spectacle after another. Yeah, gotcha. um, it's it's not a Transformers movie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it's not made by Michael Bay. No. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I uh, I don't know, I haven't seen much so when I, whenever I think of Star Wars uh, Star shit, Trek I just insulted everyone um, <laughs> I was going to say whenever I think uh, of Trek think Wars of space adventures kind of thing I either go to Star Wars or to Red Dwarf uh, I've actually seen Red Dwarf I love Red Dwarf. I think I might be the only person in America that's seen the Red Dwarf but go on. sorry go on yeah it's um it's quite British, <laughs> um, and a very, very old series. Red Dwarf is, but it's very funny. Uh, well, actually, I don't know. Do you find it funny? I feel like a lot of the jokes are probably aimed towards the British public. They, they are, and when I watched it, there were some things that made me uh, laugh or entertain me. But there were quite a few things where I could tell the series was trying to be funny, and I just didn't get it. Yeah. I I think there's also like an, the, the age thing. Like if I watched it now, I definitely would not find it as funny because a lot of the jokes are uh, time based. Um, yeah, and also you probably just couldn't get away with some of the things that they said because of you know snowflake <laughs> culture. Yeah. But uh, sorry, that's totally away from Star Trek. But I I, I don't really have any. Um, I never watched Star Trek or. Mm. The, uh, what's the something troopers? Oh, Starship Troopers. Yeah, I never watched any of them. Uh, Starship Troopers is an interesting one. Um, I never watched it until, like, long after it came out. That was another one I only watched in the last few years. Um, right. And I actually uh, went through the audiobook. By the way, the, the original work, so, so much different than the movie. Hmm. Other than, like, the name of the main character, which I think even that they alter. Um, the the movie is fairly different. Um, like in the movie Starship Tro Starship Troopers, pretty good movie. The original one. I think the remakes got kind of like they became like cheesy action movies. But the original one, uh, pretty good in terms of character writing. Um, the story is surprisingly deep. Um, the book is. The book is less a work of fiction and more a book on philosophy, I, I'd say. <laughs> right. Like, I feel, after going through the book, I feel like it was just a way for the author to write down his political philosophy. Yes. Are there, like, actual good lessons in it, then, I, I you could take away from it? I think, because... So, the, the book, Starship Troopers, is much more... Um, kind of a treatise on self-reliance and personal responsibility and discipline mm -hmm. like because the author is very clearly of a like a libertarian mindset 
He's somebody. Is this? Hmm. I was going. I'm, I'm thinking of getting series confused in my head. Is this the one where they go through like portals, wormholes? That's Stargate. Oh fuck me! Yeah, That's Stargate. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about Starship Troopers. Um, yeah. Stargate. Uh, another excellent series. Uh, there are uh, three of them: the Stargate SG One, uh, Stargate atlantis and stargate universe um i've seen all three series the whole way through um pretty good i actually think i talked about stargate universe on an earlier podcast because i had just finished probably it. we do repeat ourselves a little bit <laughs> i mean we've been going on long enough to repeat ourselves look at that yeah was this 12th episode yes we're on episode 12 now yeah yeah we've been talking for almost like 20 hours now Oh, come on. We've been talking much longer than that. We just have only been recording it for 20 hours. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Almost a full day of content for someone to just sit and listen to our voices mm. drone on. Listen to the dulcet tones as we give our random opinions on mm. nonsensical topics. Politics that are from a fictional world, so don't really <laughs> matter. And also, occasionally in the real world. Ah, oh, yes. Sorry. Uh, I took your topic there. No, no, it's 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 fine. We're we're kind of coming up on the end here, but point being, um, yeah, uh, if you get the chance, even if you don't really know much about the original Star Trek uh, series, like if you haven't hmm. watched it, I because I I've watched zero episodes from the original Star Trek. I didn't even watch the first Star Trek movie. I just jumped right into Wrath of Khan, and it was still a very good movie. Um, I just yeah, had the I basic think... knowledge of who Kirk was and who Spock was, and... That's one of the things that scares me off from these. Like, I know we, we've just passed the 30 minute mark, but much like um, Warhammer, it's such a big thing that i kind of scared to go in any point, because if I start too early, then I'll be bored sick before I get to the more recent stuff, and mm. if I go in halfway through, I feel like I've missed important plot points. Would you say... That you can go in any point throughout Star Trek, or do you think there's particular points that you have to go over before you can watch the rest of it? Um. Well, okay. So, like I said, I can't say anything about the original series because I haven't mm -hmm. seen it. Uh, but that movie, Wrath of Khan, I think as long as you have a basic understanding of like this is Spock, this is Kirk, um, and this is basically what. Actually, you don't even really need to know much about how. Um how the Star Trek universe functions, really, for that movie. Like, you could just jump right in, and it'd still be a good movie. Yeah, um, as long as you know the basic roles that they perform, then it's something that you can follow along, even if you don't know the backstory of the particular character. Right, because like I said, that movie is less... It's less about the universe, and less about the um, any pre-existing plots, and more just about... Um, kind of a, a character drama a battle of wits between these these two people um, then the the only other thing uh, I'd say for and again with the series I can't say much about the original one because I, I haven't seen it but with next generation I watched it the whole way through um, that being said I watched it the whole way through over the course of like two years so there's a lot of breaks in between. Um, mm -hmm. But most of the episodes are pretty self-contained. Uh, as long as you have a basic understanding of, like, 
who some of the characters... Even that, you don't need a lot of the time. There are some plots that go over multiple episodes, some character development that happens throughout the series. But Star Trek The Next Generation, I feel like you could jump in just about anywhere. Nice. Um, probably not the same for Stargate. Those tend to have longer, long-arching plots that go throughout the entire series. Gotcha. It's a lot of good sci-fi out there. There's a lot of bad sci-fi out there, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my it, God. I always kind of think of it as just, like, those kind of programs, kind of like Space D&D. <laughs> yeah. It's always just a, you've got the party, you know all the characters, and each session there's a new issue that has to be sorted. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we are running over, so... <laughs> we are seriously running. I mean, we've run the gambit. We went from 5,000 years ago to a few hundred years in the future. Yeah, Troy to the future. And beyond. Um, okay. What is that from? I don't what? know. I, I don't... I, I just... I quoted something from a, a sci-fi yeah, series. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Um, I have no idea. I'm not going to... To infinity and beyond. It's, it's Buzz Lightyear! Um, Buzz Lightyear, yeah. <laughs> I was quoting Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> I don't know what, a, what a role model. I don't yeah. know why I thought that was from Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy oh my god anyway <laughs> with that horrible horrible misquotation at the end uh we're gonna end segment two there um get hyped for segment three because we're actually uh we have a theme for this one we're playing a game uh if you don't know what it is uh well we'll explain it at the beginning of the next segment but we're gonna be playing a game where we read through a uh, unique short story known as The Eye of Argon. Uh, so uh, stay tuned for that, but thank you for listening. And we are back with the TMCJ podcast. We are on segment number three, which is a very special segment today. It's always special, Kaiser. <laughs> Ooh. Shiny special. Sir. Oh. Rotro. Oh, there we go. No, it just wasn't it wasn't showing that it was recording, but it was recording. That was weird. Okay, it couldn't take the glare of the shininess of the special. <laughs> oh god. So, um the um That's probably coming through the mic. Did you just pour a glass or something? <laughs> I'm yeah, I've got this uh, lime seltzer water that I've been drinking. Um, that I found fascinating. You can get like a thirty pack of this stuff on Amazon for like ten bucks. Speaking yeah. of Amazon shopping, I, I actually bought this during the last podcast. Yeah, I remember you saying actually. Keep it on quite the spree. Anyway, that has nothing to do with this. Um, nope. That sidetrack aside. Uh, we are playing a very special game during this uh, segment, this third segment of the podcast here. Um, and that is a uh, old literary game, Reading Through the Eye of Argon by Jim Thighs. Uh, so, <laughs> basically the way this game goes, and I will read through the rules before we start, um, but the gist of it is there is this uh, short story that was written for a fan fiction magazine back in the 70s by some guy named Jim Thighs. Uh, it is littered with spelling mistakes and uh, 
poor writing decisions in general and just hilarious metaphors. And the game, uh, roughly, and I'll read the exact rules, is that every time uh, somebody screws up reading and or laughs at something that they've just read, uh, then they have to switch uh, with the other right. person. And you I can play this like in... hmm? I have the advantage on this. Uh, I feel like you really do struggle not to uh, vocalize everything in your mind. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I mean, yeah, it is. It's an aspect of my character. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you you may, but I I have somewhat of an advantage as I've heard people play this game before. It's been a few years, but I've never seen this. I'm not even looking at it now until the timer starts, as it were. Yeah. It's it's new to me. And as you uh, exclaimed before we hit record, uh, it is 29 pages. We very likely won't go through the entire thing. We may just uh, play play for a half hour and then uh, call it there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it is it is a priceless piece of reading. And you may be thinking this doesn't sound like it'll be actually entertaining to listen to. Having listened to people do this before, it is. <laughs> it is. Uh, so, the the name of the game on this this particular PDF, the somewhat official competitive reading edition of The Eye of Argon by Jim Thighs, being possibly the worst story ever written. Um, so, am I allowed to look at the first page? Yeah. Uh, yeah well, I'm gonna yes. I'm I'm reading. I'm on page two. I'm gonna start reading through the introduction, and then okay. we can get into the game proper. Um, okay. So this version of the Eye of Argon duplicates to as far as is practicable and perhaps to somewhat beyond that point the precise layout of the original as published in Ozfan 10, August 21st, 1970. While it is entirely possible that I have not achieved perfection, my goal was to create a version that presented word for word, line for line, page for page, the exact contents of the semi-mythical original. <laughs> um, so here are the rules. Uh, it looks like the, uh, it just reminds me, probably because of the font they use, but it reminds me of the... the, the diffuse uh, manual from keep talking and nobody explodes yes well i mean it was it was written on a typewriter in the 70s so that that is why probably okay <laughs> um <clears throat> so how to play the game the rules are simple but are subject to change without notice rhyme or reason the readers gather one player is designated as the proofreader uh, one proofreader may serve for the entire game but it is more fun if everyone takes turn as this job there should be at least two identical copies of the text, one for the person reading aloud and one for the proofreader who reads along silently. Each player, in turn, reads the text aloud precisely as written and continues reading until he or she veers from the text or bursts out laughing. The rule of the the role of the proofread or the ruling of the proofreader is final. So basically, when I'm reading, you're the proofreader and vice versa. So gotcha. So it's you your call out the other person, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's your job to um, like, yeah, call out the other person and t say when it's time to switch. So when the text contains a typographical error, instead, like uh, swivelled instead of swiveled, the reader must read the word as written, not correct it. 
in the case of a word that cannot be pronounced or has no self-evident pronunciation, under the usual rules of English, a good-faith effort will be accepted. The group may elect to let a given reader keep going until the proofreader rules he or she made an error or laughs or until a full page has been read. That's the other thing. If you get through an entire page, or you can play it one way, either an entire page or an entire chapter without okay. fucking up or without laughing, then you automatically switch. Gotcha. Uh, no score is kept. There are no winners. <laughs> okay. Are we uh, going to have a uh, a little wager? Oh, are we? <laughs> what are we wagering? I don't know. What can we wager? That's the real question. Uh, the loser has... I don't know why the first thing that came to my head was the loser has to play Lost Vikings. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I don't know. Now gentle joustings in my head. God, there's so many horrendous games we'll, out there. We, maybe we'll, we'll think of the bet as we go on, maybe. As but, we go, yeah. But uh, I'll, I'll lead us off. Um, and so just, you'll be... So I'm on page five of the PDF. That's, that's where the story begins. Um, uh, okay, stop. Yeah, okay, it starts with tiny text, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it does. Page so, twenty-seven, it says. Yeah, it's pa it's from the magazine. It was page twenty-seven oh, okay. of a fan magazine. Gotcha. That's that's why it was. Um, okay. <clears throat> gotcha. The Eye of Argon by Jim Thighs. The weather-beaten trail wound ahead into the dust-racked climes of the barren land, which dominates large portions of the Norgolian Empire. Age-worn hoofprints smothered by the stifling sands of time. Sifting. Fuck! Sifting. I already fucked up. Alright, fine. So, you pick up from age-worn hoofprints. I made it through a sentence and a half. Yep, one and a half sentences. To be fair, that was just a misread, though. That wasn't like... That was. Just, I mean, do you want me happens. to keep going, or do you want to switch off already? <laughs> uh, do you want to get to the end of the paragraph? I'll go to the end of the paragraph, and then we'll switch. Go, go. Age-worn hoofprints smothered by the sifting sands of time uh, shone dully against the shone? dust... Yeah, shone. Do you say it shone? Yeah, that's... Someone said, said shone to me. Okay, American versus British accent does not count. <laughs> Alright, I genuinely thought... Because shone is a different... Sh shown and shone are two... Anyway. Yeah, they're pronounced... The shone and shone are pronounced the same way in an American accent. Okay, right, okay. sorry, that's my bad. Sands of time shone dully against the dust-splattered crust of Earth. The tireless sun cast its parching rays of incandescence from overhead, halfway through its daily revolution. Small rodents scampered about, occupying themselves in daily accomplishments of their dismal lives. Dust sprayed over three heaving mounts on blinding clouds, while they bore the burdensome cargoes of their struggling overseers. Holy shit. That's a lot of big, random fucking words to put into a yeah, sentence. One, one thing that becomes obvious as you read through this, Jim Thighs owned a thesaurus. Yeah, no, I get, well, he was the thesaurus by the looks of it. Um, Alright, so yeah, you can, it's, yeah, sorry, go on. I, I don't know, I'm just going to kind of summarize the first paragraph. I don't understand... I have no idea what was just read. I spent so much time looking at the words and not thinking L about the words, if that makes sense. L literally, I'm pretty sure this first paragraph is just describing the horizon. Yeah. And it took an entire paragraph with like 85 adjectives to do that. Yeah, I mean, okay, in the last sentence, they're talking about um, 
dust sprayed over three. So basically, um, dust storm, a uh, dust cloud, right? That's what yeah. they're talking about for the last sentence. Yeah, they're they're literally talking about dusty mountains with clouds around them. What are the struggling overs is? I don't know. Only well, Jim Thighs knows. Burdensome cargoes, that's sand, of their struggling overseas. Oh, three heaving mounts. Actually, I think they're talking about, like, a caravan. Like Mounts. I, I assume there's just... The, horses. The, some people say mounts for mountains. I think they meant, I think they meant horses. They'll spread over three heaving ho- uh, horses in blinding clouds. Nah... Okay, whatever. Maybe. Let's not try to figure out the story. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, your, so, your, okay. your turn next. Uh, start at the word prepare. Gotcha. Prepare to embrace your creators in the Stygian haunts of hell, barbarian. Gasped the first soldier. Only after you have kissed the fleeting steed of death, wretch, returned Grigner. A sweeping blade of flashing steel riveted from a massive barbarian's hide enamel shield as his rippling right arm thrust forth, sending a steel-shod blade to the hilt into the soldier's vital organs. The disemboweled mercenary crumpled from his saddle and sank to the clouded sward, sprinkling the parched dust with crimson droplets of escaping life fluid. The enthused barbarian swiveled about, his shock of fiery red hair tossing robustly in the humid air currents as he faced the attack of the defeated soldier's fellow in arms. Damn you, barbarian! shrieked the soldier as he observed his comrade in death. A gleaming scimitar smote a heavy blow against the renegade's spiked helmet, bringing a heavy cloud over the Ecordian's misting brain. Shaking off the effects of the pounding blow to his head, Grigner brought his down his scarlet-streaked edge against the soldier's crudely forked hauberk, clanging harmlessly to the left side of his opponent. The soldier's steed whinnied as he directed the horse back from the driving blade of the barbarian. Grigner leashed his mount forward as the hoarsely piercing battle cry of his wilderness-bred race resounded from his grinding lungs. A twirling blade bounced harmlessly from the mighty thief's buckler as his rolling right arm cleft upward, sending a foot of blinding steel ripping through the Cimmerian's exposed gullet. A gasping gurgle from the soldier's writhing mouth as he tumbled to the golden sand at his feet and wormed agonizingly in his deathbed. Grigna's emerald green orbs glared lustfully at the walling soldier struggling before his chestnut-swirled mount. His scowling voice reverberated over the dying form in a tone of mocking mirth. You city-bred dogs should learn not to antagonize your better. Reining his weary mount ahead, Grigna resumed his journey to the Norgolian city of Gorzam, hoping to discover wine, women, and adventure to boil the wild blood coursing through his savage veins. Okay, you actually made it through a whole page. That's that's good. I bet there were a couple of words which I went back on. Um, <laughs> I know I saw that. I corrected them in my head, and I was like, "No, that's not what it says." <laughs> um, oh my god! Yeah, there was yeah. a few points where I I was trying to hold back laughing. 
God, this... Yeah, I heard your I heard your chuckle in the background at one point. Um, yeah, it's. I I find myself. I don't know. It's very. I can't describe what was happening with my mouth at the time, but it was like. It was like when you put too much in your mouth at once. And you're like. Trying to speak whilst you have like. Ten hazelnuts crammed in your mouth. And you're like just trying to keep it all in. <laughs> um, that, that's the weird sensation it gave me. Yeah, it, it uh, gives new definition to word salad. Yeah, I mean. What's a Halberg? I, I was gonna halberg. read it as halberd. Halberg. So it's it's like a it's like a type of chest armor essentially. Oh, is it actually a thing? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's an actual Fucking thing. Hell. Um, you know, medieval words. All right. So I'll I'll pick up on the next page. <sighs> yeah, good friend. <clears throat> the trek to Gorzam was forced upon Grignur when the soldiers of Kryn were leashed upon him by a faithless concubine he had wooed. His scandalous activities throughout the Sumerian city had unleashed throngs of havoc and uproar among its refined part patricians, leading them to tack a heavy reward over his head. He had barely managed to escape through the back entrance of the inn he had been guzzling in as a squad of soldiers pounced upon him. After spilling a spout of blood from the leader of the mercenaries as he dismembered one of the officer's arms, he retreated to his mount to make his way towards Gorzam, rumored to contain hordes of plunder and many young wenches for any man who has the backbone to wrest them away. <laughs> I will just say, it's Gorzam, not Gorzam. Is it Gorz? Oh, Gorzam. Okay. But, yeah, forget it. Just keep going. <laughs> uh, arriving after dusk in Gorzum, Gringar descended wait, wait, down... Wait, there was no space there. <laughs> arriving after dusk in Gorzum, Gringar? <laughs> there's a comma. <laughs> I th I, you know, yeah, but no there space. may be no space, but there's a comma. <laughs> uh, descended down a dismal alley, reining his horse before a beaten tavern. The red-haired giant strode into the dimly lit hostelry. 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 That okay. It's not a word, but it's what, how I pronounce it. Hostelry, reeking of foul odors and cheap wine. The air was heavy with choking fumes spewed from smoldering torches. Spewing. In what? Spewing and smoldering torches is one word. Okay, fine. I've, I've done mild <laughs> fuck-ups multiple times. You can take I'm over. I'm being a grammar Nazi on something where the grammar is so bad. <laughs> I know. Well, that's how you're supposed to play the game. You're right. You're right. Uh, uh, so you can start at the air. Sorry, I'll stop being such a dick. No, no, it's it's your turn. I did fuck up uh, several okay. things. You want me to say the annoying, stupid bit then? Yep, okay. Yep, it's your turn now. You're at the air. <laughs> okay. Ah. <sighs> The air was heavy, with choking fumes spewing from smouldering torches encased within Thaden's earthen-packed walls. Tables were clustered with groups of drunken thieves and cutthroats tossing dice or making love to willing prostitutes. Eyeing a slender female crouched alone at a nearby bench, Grigner advanced, wishing to wholesomely occupy his time. 
The flickering torches cast weird shafts of luminescence dancing over the half-naked harlot of his choice. Her stringy orchid twines of hair swaying gracefully over the lithe opaque nose as she raised a half-drained mug to her pale red lips. Glancing upward, the alluring complexion noted the stalwart giant as he approached, rapidly approached, fuck. <laughs> that's fuck. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's that. I can I, can we just talk about that description? Like just yeah. I mean, I I was laughing at tossing dice, and then I realized that the next few words were making love to willing prostitutes, <laughs> and that sobered me up. <laughs> oh my god! Oh. I also uh, love the um the the best way he could describe her her nose was opaque. Yeah, lithe opaque. Opaque, as in not see through. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> isn't lithe like lithe quick is, on their feet yeah yeah lithe is like you would describe like a jaguar as lithe <laughs> damn right? that nose is like a jaguar <laughs> <laughs> oh my god all right it's not so even I'm, transparent <laughs> i i meant glancing right yep 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 Glancing upward, the alluring complexion noted the stalwart giant as he rapidly approached a faint glimmer sparked from a pair from the pair of deep blue ovals of the amorous female as she motioned toward Grigner, enticing him to join her. The barbarian seated himself upon a stool at the wench's side, exposing his body, naid, naed, save for a loincloth, brandishing a long steel broadsword, an iron spiraled battle helmet, and a thick leather sandals to her unobstructed view. A thick leather sandals. <laughs> yes. I like the line, exposing his body. Yeah, nay ed. <laughs> that's, you know, for, for all those people out there, that's how, that's how you really, you know, that's how you flirt with a woman. You just walk up and rip your shirt off. <laughs> I mean, not many barbarians have shirts. Also, <laughs> Grigner, very close to Grognak. <laughs> The barbarian. Clearly, they Same. copied this. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, Thou hast need to occupy your time, barbarian. Questioned the female. Question mark is at the end, not at the end of the quote, but at the end of that. Um, only if something worth offering is within my reach, stated Grig. Nerass. <laughs> all right. His... Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how it's written, Grignorass. Yeah, I know, but you're like Grignor ass. <laughs> okay, you can take over again. The, finish that sentence anyway. Okay, like, stated Grignorass. His hands crept to embrace the tempting female who welcomed them with open willingness. He's really emphasizing the cons consent here. There's a lot of willingness here. Um, <laughs> What are they even talking about? What's he reaching out? I think he's like, yeah, I think he's just like, I don't know, is he oh. playing some grab ass here? Like, what the hell is going on? Some Grigner ass? Grigner ass. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, okay. Oh, okay, um, yeah, so you're at uh, open willingness is the last thing I read, so you're at from. Yeah. From where do you come, barbarian? And by what are you called? 
gasped the complying wench as Grigna smothered his lips with the blazing touch of his flaming mouth. It's actually her lips, I, I want to point out, not his oh, lips. Oh, shit. <laughs> you read it as if he's kissing himself? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm just wondering what he's got to have a flaming mouth. <laughs> the Again, the complying wench. <laughs> Oh my god, do you want me to continue or...? No, no, no I'm, I'm calling that, I'm switching back. Okay, okay. We're at the end of the page anyway, so even if I go to the end. Alright. The engrossed titan ignored oh, the... Wait, 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 hang on, I just see what's coming up ahead. Are we sure we're okay to say this? Yes, yes we are. Okay. Oh, <laughs> the... uh, wait, before we do that, if what? anyone is um, not looking for any gory details, maybe... Yeah, then I will see I, the next podcast. I will say, I probably should have said off the bat, there is some, despite all the terrible tortured metaphors and adjectives in this story, there is some uh, explicit sexual details and violence in it. Yeah, I um, really hope my voice doesn't carry through the door, but that's <laughs> the room I'm in. All right, here we go. Um, the engrossed titan ignored the queries of the inquisitive female, pulling her towards him and crushing her sagging nipple into his yearning. No, you're so fucked. No, 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 no. <laughs> Cru crushing her. S I wasn't prepared That's for what sagging. That's I saw, and I was like, maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for the word sagging. <laughs> okay. Alright, should I do that line? No, I mean, you can if you want to, or you can start after it. Okay. Oh my uh, god. Without struggle, she gave in, winding her soft arms around the harshly bronzed hide of Grignar-corded shoulder blades as his calloused hands caressed her form produ firm protruding busts. Okay. You make love well, wench, admitted Grignar as he reached... For the vessel of pee, what <laughs> is that actually meant to be? I, no, I, I think he just double typed. <coughs> okay, as he reached for the vessel of pee potent wine, his charge had been coughing. A flying foot caused the mug Grigner had taken hold of, sending its blood red contents sloshing over a flickering crescent. Leashing tongues of bright orange flame to the foot-trodden floor. That made no sense. That just made zero sense. They're trying to say someone kicked the wine out of his hand, but, like, that's... What? Leashing tongues of bright orange flame. Where's the flame? Also, first of all, can we talk about how this, this prostitute in, like, two sentences, she went from having sagging nipples to firm busts? Did you? Yes, you did. Firm protruding busts. Um, well, a bust's like a head, isn't it? <laughs> She's just holding up two little statues. <laughs> <laughs> this is so... I forgot how fucking stupid this story uh, This needs was. to be... This Someone needs to have animated this. Oh my god. Okay, um... Oh, yeah, nice. uh, next page. You, you start, because I did yeah, so yeah. many mistakes. Yeah, and it's the next page anyway. Alright. <clears throat> Remove yourself, Sira. The wench belongs to me, blabbered a drunken soldier, too far consumed by the influences of his virile brew to take note of the superior size of his adversary. Grignar lithely bounced from the startled Bounded. female. 
Bounded. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. Go. Grigner lithely bounded from a startled female. His face lit up to an ashen red ferocity and eyes locked in a searing feral blaze towards the swaying soldier. To hell with you, braggart! bellowed the angered accordion as he hefted his finely honed broadsword. Alright, hang on, I need to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I read bellowed the angered accordion. What? <laughs> yeah, I think that's his, his country. He's not a musical instrument. <laughs> uh, I want it to be a musical instrument. Shit. Also, can we talk about how he had a uh, his face lit up with an ashen red ferocity? Yeah, I was like, ashen? That's like dark grey generally <laughs> yeah so lit up hmm. um anyways yeah <laughs> i feel like that that's the problem we're gonna have here we're gonna want to talk about every little segment as we, we say it we probably will all right let's let's try let's try to press on um okay. you were at the staggering it's like okay i'll continue <clears throat> i mean you you laughed you want <laughs> we can switch off yeah you know what fuck it i'm taking over okay the staggering soldier clumsily reached towards the pommel of his dangling sword. But before his fuck That doesn't Sorry. count. You made me laugh. <laughs> that does not count. You made me laugh. What's this? Subversion of the rules. <laughs> towards the pommel of his dangling sword. But before his hand ever touched the oaken hilt, a silvered flash was slicing the heavy air. The thews of the savage lashing right arm bulged from the glistening bronzed hide as his blade bit deeply into the soldier's neck, lopping off the confused loping. head. Loping. Oh shit, it is loping. It's not lopping. <laughs> loping off the confused head of his senseless tormentor. Alright, it's you. With a nauseating thud, the several opal nope. toppled to the floor. No, it does say severed. I read it as several. Oh my god. <laughs> We're just like, I, I you're anticipating it. him to fuck up. I thought, it, I in my head it was severed, so I, I was like, oh, it can't be that, it must be several opal. And I was going to laugh about it later when we stopped, but I was like, oh shit, it's actually severed. <laughs> in two pages, you've completely lost any faith in this guy's writing ability. <laughs> Absolutely. Fucking hell. Alright, you go for it. Alright. <clears throat> With a nauseating thud, the severed oval toppled toppled to the floor as the segregated segre yeah that does say segregated yeah, does as say the segregated torso of Grignar's bovine antagonist swayed and then collapsed in a pool of swirled crimson in the confusion the soldier's fellows confronted Grignar with unsheathed cutlasses directed towards the latter's scowling makeup the slut should have picked his quarry more carefully <laughs> roared the victor in a mocking baritone growl as he wiped his dripping blade on the prostrate form and returned it to its scabbard. The fool should have shown more prudence, however. You shall rue your actions while rotting in the pits, stated one of the sprawled soldier's comrades. Grignar's hand began to remove his blade from its leather housing, but retarded the motion in face of the blades waving before his face. Dismiss your hand from the hilt, barbarian, or you shall find a foot of steel sheathed in your gizzard. Grignar weighed his position, observing his plight, whereupon he took the soldier's advice as the only logical choice. 
to attempt to hack his way from this pre-sent predicament could only only warrant certain death he was of no mind to bring upon his own demise if an alternate path presented itself the will to necessitate his life force upon him to yield to the wait what there's no upon what did i do there the The, will you said the will to necessitate his life upon him as opposed to forced him yeah i i skipped a okay you can Uh, i will say you know how before this you're like does this when i say this in spanish does it sound natural yeah you're doing the same thing here right now you're 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 cut you're you're dividing the sentence up into like three words and you go do 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 like every three words it's a a defense technique to try and stop me from fucking up it is it lets you read the next three and then you can like yeah Uh, okay uh so the will to necessitate is where i fucked up so you can start there uh okay yeah the will to necessitate his life forced him to yield to the superior force in hopes of a moment of carelessness later upon the part of his captors in which he could effect a more plausible means of escape. You may steady your arms. I will go without a struggle. Your decision is a wise one, yet perhaps you would have been better off had you forced death. The soldier's mouth wrinkled to a sadistic grin of knowing mirth as he prodded his prisoner on with the sword point. Yeah, I know I said the sword point instead of his, but, but it was right at the end. <laughs> yeah, it was at the end anyway. It was about to switch off. Uh, I will say that this barbarian is uh, surprisingly philosophical. Very literate, yeah. Yeah. Um, quite the quite the debate going okay. over his wench. <laughs> Just to, I'm trying to keep uh, keep an eye on the clock. We probably have enough time oh, to... Oh, shit, we're already at 31 minutes. We're already Fuck at 31 me. minutes. We've been reading this for a while oh now. God. You want to do... Let's let's do one more page, and then we'll, uh, we'll call okay, it. we'll call it. Yeah. <clears throat> and maybe we'll... If people end up liking this, we can go back and maybe try another yeah. one later. If someone gives us feedback and says they like it, then we'll do more yeah. of it for sure. Okay. <clears throat> After an indiscriminate period of marching through slinking alleyways and dim moonlighted streets, the procession confronted a massive sur- seraglio. What the fuck? Seraglio? I don't know. It's not what. Okay, seraglio. The palace area was surrounded by an iron grating with a lush garden upon all sides. No. What? Upon all. Wait. Yeah, lush garden upon all sides. That's what it says. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. (laughs) (laughs) The group was admitted through the gilded gateway, and Grignar was led along, one word, a stone pathway bordered by plush vegetation, lustfully enhanced by the moon's shimmering rays. Upon reaching the palace, the group was granted entrance, and after several minutes of explanation led through several winding corridors to a richly draped chamber. Confronting the group was a short, stocky man, seated upon a, one word, golden throne. Tapestries of richly draped regal blue silk covered all walls of the chamber, while the steps leading to the throne were plated with sparkling white ivory. The man upon the throne was a naked wench. What? Had a... Oh, had a naked. <laughs> okay, you can take over from there. 
<laughs> That's one of those words that's slightly important. I, 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 read, I, I love how I read the sentence, and then when it clicked in my head what I said aloud, like, I'm like, what? wait, what? <laughs> the man was a naked wench. The man seated upon the throne was a naked wench. Oh my god. Oh my god. I feel like this is something that people should give, um... Give people to do a, like a citizenship test. <laughs> if they can read this, they are better than English. <laughs> if they can read this, they clearly haven't learned the language properly. <laughs> I mean, I can't say it. Was, I, don't know. I know, I know, I know. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> at, the, at the naked wench man. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <clears throat> the man. Wait, hang on. Yeah, the man. Sorry, I, I totally um. A man upon the throne had a naked wench seated at each of his arms and a trusted advisor seated in back of him. At each corner of the chamber, a guard stood at attention, with upraised pikes supported in their hands, golden chainmail adorning their torsos, and barred helmets emitting scarlet plumes enshrouding their heads. The man rose from his throne to the dais surrounding it. His plush turquoise robe dangled loosely from his chunky frame. The soldiers Grigna fell to their knees with heads bowed to the stone masonry of the floor in fearful dignity to their sovereign liege. Explain the purpose of this intrusion upon my chateau. Your serenity, resplendent in noble grandeur, we have brought this yokel before you. The soldier gestured towards Grigna. For the redress of your all-knowing wisdom in judgment regarding his fate. Down on your knees, lout, and pay proper homage to the sovereign commanded the pudgy noble of Grigna. Yeah, it's, I'm gonna pay proper yeah, homage it, to your sovereign. Yeah, not the bugger. Alright. <clears throat> okay, I was so close to laughing. You... <laughs> Wait, wait, at what part? The His plush turquoise robe dangled loosely from his, his chunky, chunky frame. frame. <laughs> yep. Uh, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Alright. <clears throat> By the surly beard of Mrifka, Grignar kneels <laughs> to no man, scowled the massive barbarian. You dare to deal this blasphemous act to me? You are indeed brave, stranger, yet your valor smacks of foolishness. I find you to be the only fool, sitting upon your pompous throne, enhancing the rolling flabs of your belly in the midst of your elaborate luxury yard. Oh, luxury no, and. Luxury and. <laughs> I had a hard yards. time with enhancing the rolling flabs of your belly. That... I you did that part really well. It was when it got to elaborate that you... Yeah, elaborate is luxury end. That yeah. combo word that fucked me over. Alright, you're at the soldier. The soldier, yep. The soldier standing at Grigna's side smote him heavily in the face with the flat of his sword, cutting short the harsh words and knocking his battered helmet to the masonry with an echoing clang. The paunchy noble's sagging round face flushed suddenly pale, then pastily lit up to a lustrous cherry-red radiance. His lips trembled with malicious rage, while emitting a muffled, sibilant gibberish. His sagging flabs rolled like a tub of upset jelly, then compressed, 
as he sucked in his gut in an attempt to conceal his softness. <laughs> That was disgusting. This guy, he's just <laughs> describing him as the blob. Like, yeah. He's some kind of a slime monster. He's not even a it's, human. It's Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> <laughs> Draped oh. in a plush turquoise robe. <laughs> dangled loosely from his chunky frame. And he's apparently also a naked wench. Oh, uh, he is. Oh my god. Okay. Okay, that's well. we'll right, that's, we can stop yeah. there. We're at like forty minutes. Also, oh. three pages. Yeah, that was. Yeah, we're. I think we got through about three pages. Where, where are we? We're on page. Uh, we four, just finished yeah, yeah. page eight. Four no, pages. no. So we started on page five. So five, six, seven. Eight. Yeah, we read four whole pages. Yeah. Out of twenty nine. Honestly, that felt like ten minutes, not forty minutes. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, maybe in the future, in a few weeks, if we don't have a segment three, we'll have to come back to this. But Yeah. Um, yeah, if, if people are listening, it's if just... people enjoyed this segment, you know, let us know what you thought of it. Yeah, it was a little bit different this week. Oh my god. But what did you think, Blue? Was it, uh, <laughs> was it what you were it expecting? Like a roller coaster of emotion. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, it got from... It's just so heavily descriptive that I can't really take in the story. I mean, I know the story, because only, like, three things have happened in the last four pages. It's true. Um, and they've just been teleporting from place to place. <laughs> um, but, because there's... over. This is a, a, a good lesson that over-describe... over-alliteration does not always help the character in the scene yeah uh, you, you want to what the quote i think it was mark twain um who said this but the, the quote was if i had more time i'd write a shorter story right the idea is like too much detail like that just kind of hurts it but in that case it's just somebody it's the equivalent these days of writing something in microsoft word and using the uh, synonym function and just putting in every single one of them yeah i imagine this is what most uh what's the word fan fiction reads like i don't i've never read fan fiction so i don't know but this is the kind of thing that i feel that look probably looks like oh pardon me uh. um yeah, so next week we're reading Fifty Shades of Grey now <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> well just, segment three we'll just make an audiobook mm. and all of its flabby wenches <laughs> Sorry, that's disturbing. Oh god! I was trying. To, uh, there were so many times when you were reading, I had to like cover my mouth because I I was gonna like laugh into the mic. Yeah, sorry, I I, I didn't mean to laugh while you were reading. No, some no, of it was just so funny. It's fine. Oh my god! Especially when you were like reading the sentence, but as you went through the sentence, you got more confused by what was coming out of your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and I could just see your face in my mind's eye, just being like. What the fuck am I saying? <laughs> uh, imagine it's it's what it's like to be possessed. You just your your mouth and body are doing things, and you just don't understand what's yeah. going on. And you're making up new words that you never thought of. That like luxury yard. What? That's not a word, but you. It just it makes more sense than luxury and combined into one. <laughs> My, your brain just desperately tries to make sense of what's in front of you. It's just throwing a dart and hoping you hit the board. Uh, Jim Thighs, truly a savant. 
Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, okay. Anyway, we should really wrap up. Though, we, it's yeah. a bit. we we have gone on for quite a bit. Um, uh. So this is the end of segment three and the entire podcast in general. Uh, if you have enjoyed us, uh, uh, please come back and listen again. And if you enjoyed listening to us struggle to get through that terrible short story, um, let us know and we'll maybe do something like this again uh, in future uh, segment threes. Yep. Uh, but in either case... And, uh, oh, sorry. I was um, just going to say, and remember, if it's easier to listen to us on Spotify or something else like that, by all means. It's true. Um, it's probably easier than, you know having to have an internet connection the whole time while you listen to us. That's true, yep. We are now available uh, in full audio format, so, uh, yeah. Yep. Plenty of ways to listen. Um, but, yep, if you've listened all the way to the end, thank you for listening, and we hope you will come back again soon. See you next week.